0: Warning, the following podcast may contain views and opinions that could be deemed as offensive. You may also hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste, and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. What we've got here is failure to communicate. (laughs) Alright, everybody. Welcome back to Hanging with D's. This is episode number three. Seems like we just did one of these, doesn't it? Yeah, sure does. Yep. We are still hanging here with Hunter and Dylan, the brothers Bailey. And uh, today's episode, we are going to cover a few things. Um, We're going to talk about pro wrestling. I know it's kind of a love-hate relationship with most people out there. They're either big fans or... Don't like it at all, or they used to be fans, now they're whatever. Um, it's
1: kind of our relationship with it. Yeah, no, yeah, it, so it really has, is. And, and yeah.
0: we'll get into it here in a minute. But like, I've been, I've been there, I've been gone, I've been there, I've been gone. Um, we're also going to talk movies, uh, kind of along the same lines of the last episode. We talked about our favorite and our top five, or however many you want to say it. Comedians. We're going to do the same thing with movies. Uh, go over some other movie news. Talk about some superhero movies. Uh, probably touch on Star Wars a little bit. And <clears throat> then we'll we'll wrap it up with probably a little video game talk. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, pro wrestling. Um, these days, it's... Let's just be honest. It's pretty much a shit product across the board. I don't yeah. watch it anymore. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's... The two big companies right now are WWE, obviously company that's been around forever. And there's a new startup company called AEW that started in the fall. Um,
0: Come out of the gate strong.
1: Oh, yeah. They did. Um, Here's the problem. Um, Basically, the whole reason the company was popular is these two guys um, called the Young Bucks, they're real-life brothers, and they started getting popular online from doing kind of it's kind of hard to describe um we say indie style and when i say indie style basically what i mean is a mixture of comedy and doing as many moves as you possibly can in a match right and it to the point to where it doesn't resemble a fight at all and that's basically what the problem is with the AEW product and why I went from being super excited for it. I even went to their show in Yeah, Champaign. I remember
0: like you were just gung-ho oh, yeah. about yeah. it for oh, yeah. when it first came out.
1: Yeah, like they signed Chris Jericho. Yeah,
0: which, I mean, that's a huge get. And, and you know Cody Rhodes is a big part of uh, their production as well. Yeah,
1: he's one of the vice presidents. I think it's him... Um, the Young Bucks, the Jackson Brothers. I think Om- Kenny Omega, who is a massive star on like the independent outside of WWE level, especially Japan. And um, it's actually owned by uh, the son of uh, Shad Khan, who's the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So they have money.
0: Who I did work for. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I was absolutely stoked. Like, Billionaire. It's a wrestling company. This is going to be awesome. We can... He can actually... Get new uh, people from Vince that he's not that they're Vince McMahon's not really using properly, Uh, and they did. They got John Moxley. Um, I think they've used him so well. But
0: Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I was gonna say there's probably some people out there that don't know who the hell John Moxley is because they don't watch AEW. But yeah, that was Dean Ambrose. Um, uh, Before we get into the whole AEW thing, I guess we we really gotta touch on uh, WWE because let's face it, they've been pretty much the only game in town for quite some time ever since the fall of WCW. And me personally, um, I am, what, almost 20 years older than you? Yeah, like 18. Something 18 like that. years older than you. Yeah. Way more than that from Hunter. Yeah. Um, so I grew up, obviously, in the 80s. And I to this day, I can go in my closet right now and pull out no less than three Hulk Hogan shirts. Right. You know that was that was my childhood was yep. was wrestling, um, huge Hulkamaniac, and I, I'll never forget watching you know Hogan slam Andre and you know to all the Saturday nights main events and all that stuff. Uh, and back then WCW wasn't really a big thing; it was starting to gain ground, but it was still more of the uh, the Southern territory.
1: Yeah, like that was basically the remnants of the old Mid Atlantic. Jim Crockett
0: promotion. Right. Yeah. And and then, so, again, huge WWF, as they were known back then, fan. Up until, oh, I want to say about WrestleMania, probably seven. Ho- Hogan versus Warrior was the last, like, when I was diehard still, but... After that, I really kind of fell off and didn't follow it as much. That also was about the time that Hogan's run had come to an end. Or at least that run, I yeah, guess I should say. Right. right, yeah. You know, um, he he dropped a belt to Ultimate Warrior, who... Uh, that was seven. So no, I'm sorry. I was wrong. It was WrestleMania eight, because Hogan dropped a belt to Ultimate Warrior, who had all this massive... Uh, not heat, um, hype. What, hype. What's the word? He was over. Yeah, super over. Definitely. But he then, was.
1: The, the thought was that he was. He was
0: the flagship. Like he was.
1: Yeah, Hogan passing, was passing passing it to, the torch. To but board, then yeah.
0: you know but Warrior, he was fun to watch, and I know you know you didn't really grow up with him, so you you've only seen him in, in clips. But it was the it, it was the same thing. You know, I likened him to all uh, the Brock Lesnar. In the aspect that he would run down, full sprint, shake the ropes, crush the guy, and and win the match, and it be over. Goldberg. Uh, Go- that would be my comparison. Goldberg, yeah, Goldberg, Goldberg was, yeah. was a good example, too. Although, Goldberg was a—and this is hard to say with a straight face—a way, 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 way better worker than, than Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. You know, Which... Um. so he was super popular, but then once they gave him the strap— it, they found out rather quickly that he couldn't carry the load anymore. Like people were getting tired of seeing the same thing. I mean, people used to bash, uh, John Cena for the the five moves of doom, five moves of doom. Ultimate warrior didn't have that many. Right. And so he couldn't carry the torch. So they ended up basically they brought in Sergeant slaughter. And this was around the time that the, uh, the Gulf war was starting to, flare-up um the the first one i guess i should say yeah Um, right desert storm right so basically they took sergeant slaughter and made him an iraqi uh sympathizer sympathizer and lo and behold here comes you know the real american hulk hogan and they put the belt back on right which and that run didn't last a whole long time um before he finally stepped down and he got into the boat accident And they had Yokozuna, and that was the beginning of The Undertaker's career, who we'll talk about quite a bit probably coming up. And so then that's basically what I'm saying is that's about the time I stopped watching. And then Hogan, I wasn't even a fan when Hogan, which we just passed the anniversary, when Hogan did the big turn. I remember reading about it or even seeing, at that point it was national news. That, you know, when Hogan signed with WCW, I remember kind of being excited, but still it was WCW. And I was like, I don't really know any of these guys. I had seen, you know, in channel flipping, I like I knew who Ric Flair and the Horsemen were. I knew who uh, Sting was. Um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, who had previously been in the WWF during their early WrestleMania yeah. heydays, was now WCW. So I knew a few of them, but I still wasn't a big fan. And then when Hogan did the whole NWO turn, I didn't really watch it at that point. It wasn't until Sting did the switch and became the Crow Sting. Right. Which, look, that marketing genius there. Yeah. I mean, really, they, they took a guy kind of like what Hogan did. He rebranded himself. He became the ultimate bad guy. And and Sting, I mean, you have to, he took almost a full calendar year without wrestling a match. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. And it was all part of the angle and it made for great television because you you know, you would see him in the rafters and every now and then he would drop down and hit a few guys with a baseball bat, but he never wrestled. That and they did
1: a really great great job for months where because I guess what really kinda caused that is that there was like a fake sting or something and Yeah, a match. they had a
0: guy, I don't remember what his name was. But he looked a lot like Sting, enough to the point where when you put the makeup on him, and even then they were still doing. I think the uh, that was before the Crow Sting. He had, I think it was green and black. Yeah, he was still the surfer, surfer Sting. Sting you know? Yeah, and yeah, so they used him, and a lot of people were fooled. And then all of a sudden, Crow Sting shows up and kind of kicks his ass. And it...
1: yeah, it's basically the the story there was. Sting was with his WCW bro- brothers trying to fight off the NWO, and then... And the fake
0: Sting, Sting... turned on Luger, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, it was Luger,
1: and then Luger got mad at Sting, and, and Sting him. was like, what the hell? We're friends, you didn't know it." Yeah. So no, he was an outcast. He no, was like, you're basically... You're right.
0: Sting, at that point, hadn't started wearing the crow stuff. It was that incident that you're talking about, where right. they were doubting Sting whether or not he was loyal, and, and he was like, well, screw you guys, I'll just disappear, and then... He started showing up in the rafters. and
1: Yeah, and I think initially he was attacking both sides, so it was like, well, whose side is he on? Right, it was a
0: big question for a long time, and I, I remember seeing the, the one episode of their flagship show at the time, Nitro, where I don't remember the specifics of who was in the ring. I know Hogan and, and the NWO, um, and at that point the NWO was still only, I don't know, eight, seven or eight people, maybe not that many. It wasn't like 30, it, it, like yeah, what it, it would later become. Huge. But anyway, Sting comes out of the rafters and you wondered who he was going to attack. And all he turned and he started bashing on Hogan and everything. Well, then anyway, like I said, it was a full year before Sting actually wrestled a match. He became their biggest face and didn't even wrestle. And right. then it finally all came to a head. Uh, and at that point, we had the, the WWE was starting oh. to pick up steam again. With the Attitude Era,
1: yeah, I think that was just around that same time period. It they was were like just getting. It was it ninety seven, which was when stuff really started to get good. With Austin, just became right. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Hart was, I think, just now
0: like he was gone. Hart not yet. Well, he didn't leave
1: until November. So, but yeah, leading up to that, but
0: you you at the, you kind of knew it was coming. Um, but WWE was still the Inferior product at that point, it was picking up a little bit of steam. Stone Cold was he was popular, but he still wasn't you know who he became. But he still they were the ratings were picking up. They were getting a little more risque, and they were trying to compete with Nitro. But because of that whole Sting angle, you know that was the show to watch. And then that was the one thing that got you back into it, right? Yeah, was you were was, flipping through, and then the Sting at the time. I was a huge yeah. fan of the the movie The Crow. And I saw that and I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I I grew up a Hulkamaniac and all of a sudden he was the ultimate bad guy and I was rooting for Sting. And they had just got Bret Hart, who had gone through, as we all know, the the big Montreal screw job. And Hart ended up, you know, getting involved in that, I believe it was a Starrcade match where uh, Sting beat Hogan for the title, but then the referee
1: and Hart... There was a massive... It was actually a mistake because right. originally Hogan pinned Sting and it was supposed to be a fast count and it just looked like a normal It looked like count. a normal count. like yeah. yeah, so Bret Hart was like, no, we're not doing this again. And if you just watch it, you're like, doing what? He just beat him right. one, two,
0: three. Yep, yep. The match got restarted, Sting one and yeah. And then, so WCW was just kicking WWF's ass week after week, and it was great TV because... WWF was trying like they were trying really hard and they started to build the stone cold character and then you know with the whole Montreal screw job is when Vince McMahon went from you know everybody at that point knew he was the owner but he was still just kind of the commentator and he went from you know Vince McMahon the the commentator yeah. to welcome to WrestleMania uh, to yeah to you know evil Vince McMahon the corporate Greed and all this and, and the whole boss um, or, or worker against the boss and the rebel mentality was Stone Cold. And then it the, the race started heating up. Then you had Goldberg. So it made for great TV. So Monday nights for me, that's that's what pulled me back in, starting with the whole Sting thing. And then literally on commercial breaks, I would flip over and watch WWF. And Stone Cold uh, at that point was starting his angle with uh, HBK Right. And of course, DX. Vince McMahon and DX. And at that point, I was like, well, this is a ripoff of the NWO, this whole DX thing. They're just trying to basically copy. And at that point, you know, the internet wasn't quite, you know, it was around, but it was still in its infancy. So you didn't get the dirt sheets and stuff that you can click on now and see everything. So you, I didn't even know about the whole click thing with you had the NWO, you know, Scott Nash. Hall, Nash. Uh, and Pac. Razor Mound. Scott Hall. Scott Hall. I said, yeah. I led with Scott Hall. Oh, you did, didn't you? I said, Pac, yeah. Six. Uh, Sean Waltman, basically. Yeah. And how close of friends they had been with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So it was kind of interesting that the two main antagonists in the, the two companies started, they were all best of friends. Right. And so, without going into the complete history, it made for great TV Finally, um, with mankind slash Cactus Jack slash Dude Love um, blowing up, and then The Rock became the rock. the rock. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was still uh, when all this started. He was in the Nation of Domination. Everybody hated him, uh, but then he started to transform. Even as a bad guy, he was. I, I mean, DX was popular to a degree, but The Rock was the one that's started to make bad guys really entertaining and cool yeah you know dx dx probably started it i would say or even nwo for that matter uh the problem with the nwo is that they just got too big yeah it it started out as you know the three guys and then it was like eight guys and then all of a sudden like you said earlier like 30 guys are running right come on you know right and then they're fighting
1: within each other and that that was the
0: great thing about dx is you know they started out as just the two guys with China, and then they brought in the road or road warriors, road dog. Wow, road dog and Billy Gun, and aka New Age Outlaws. And then, uh, six-pack X-pack, I guess, yeah, had come back from uh, WCW. He because he, he was the one, two, three kid, he left, he went and joined the NWO, then he came back. So, then at that point, is when WWF regained momentum. And I think it was the episode that McFoley Foley won the title, which was pre-recorded. Right. And the funny, you know, for a lot of, if you didn't watch wrestling back then, back then WCW was a live show every single week. And WWF would do a live show Monday. And then on Tuesday, they would go to the next city and they would record the next week's show. So... It, the funny that you know the live show of wcw is going on and i think that night at this point goldberg was there you know sting had he was basically run his course he was still huge but goldberg was the man uh, undefeated and uh, do you know
1: what that happened that same night what wcw well i'll let you tell
0: what WCW wasn't, wasn't did. that the night goldberg and hogan nope no okay no. so anyway tony Schiavone who wasn't horrible i thought he was a good announcer and He's pretty great. It's it, just... Yeah, and it wasn't we we now have learned it wasn't his fault. He was told to say it by Eric Bischoff that he basically spoiled the the WWF's main event of that night, which was Mick Foley finally winning the world championship by pinning um, the Rock. Yeah, that would that will put butts in seats. Ugh. Is yeah that that was the exact thing right. that he said on live television talking. You know, to his WCW audience. And the best part is that the numbers showed that at that instant, I don't even remember how many millions.
1: It it wasn't that many, but it was something like 300 to almost half a million people immediately changed the channel to Raw to watch it
0: happen. Yeah, And, and but basically what it did was from that point on through the rest of the night, WWF won those rating segments. And then they never lost it. Yeah, never. You know what
1: WWF did that night? Huh. Finger poke of doom.
0: No, that was WCW. Yeah, WCW. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry.
1: And WCW did real quick. Go counter program. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, they built up. Eventually, the NWO kind of split or whatever. Hogan, I guess, left it, and Kevin Nash was the champion. He won it from Goldberg, and they were doing a big title match: uh, Hogan versus uh, Nash for the title main event. Ding, ding, ding. They square off with each other. Hogan just literally pokes Kevin Nash in the chest. Kevin Nash falls on his back. Hogan pins him and wins. And oh no, it was a swerve. The NWO is back together again.
0: Yeah, and we quickly found out that yeah, it, it they, everybody shit on it, basically. Um, and then there was the big conspiracy theory about Vince Russo, who was one of the head writers for WWF. He came over to WCW and that is I mean that's when WCW really started going in the tank. Yeah. And I mean a, a lot of people are like, Oh well this is it's Vince McMahon's most genius moment. He sends his writer over to WCW to basically just submarine the entire thing. I mean, if you watch
1: WCW then, it would seem to follow. (laughs) I mean, it wasn't the case because then you see what Russo did in TNA, and it's like, oh, no, he actually thinks some of this shit is fucking good. Yeah. And and I say this with absolute confidence. Any of the three of us, even Hunter that doesn't really watch wrestling, could write a better wrestling program than Vince (laughs)
0: Russo could. Yeah. Truth of the matter is, for, for what he is now, Vince McMahon, he could come up with great ideas for the most part. Yeah, That's not to say that he didn't have his failures throughout the years. Gobbledygooker. Yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah. Anyway, at that point, WCW was done. We all know what happens. Vince buys him. And WWF had a very strong run through the Attitude Era. Well, then we started to get into this politically correct thing, and they had to get rid of that. And that was when uh, John Cena started to build momentum. And here's the funny thing that Dylan and I got into and even uh hunter back then that was that was about the time that you were still a pretty big fan the ruthless right. aggression area yeah area. and john cena was the uh, the white boy rapper and i yeah. hated him oh i remember yeah i yes. loved him yeah and it's hilarious you were the biggest fan of him and i couldn't stand him and he ended up winning the title was hugely popular and i'd just didn't get on board and at that point I kind of started to fall off Um, I still watched and I honestly I'm trying to think because I did basically kind of step away for a while you stayed with it what the hell I don't even remember what really pulled me back I mean I would always kind of watch the big ones just to see like the surprise uh, return was it
1: I'm trying to think. Royal Rumble. I remember, at least my memory, like when Cena eventually got the title. I didn't think that you had dropped off for a while. But was it that period of Raw for like two years where Triple H was the champion and just squashing everybody and yeah, the reign
0: of terror as it's been called. Yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was just bad television. And I, honestly, like I said, I'm racking my brain. I cause SmackDown I did... was awesome then. Yeah, SmackDown was good, uh, but then we started to see, you know, the the guys that had pulled me back originally, the, the Stone Cold, The Rock, they were kind of becoming part-timers. You know, they weren't, they still plugged them into main events, but they weren't big because at this point now we had, um, you had Cena, you had Eddie Guerrero, you had uh, Taker was still... Big, but never, like, world title big, but, you know... He was still, like, a top guy. Yeah, but, yeah. definitely. I mean, you, you kind of hard to argue with that, but... um, And then, you know, Cena went into the, the whole uh, never give up thing, and he got a lot of heat for it, and Dylan and I have talked many, many times. A lot of people say he's a, a shit worker, and he wasn't. He... Uh, Hogan, for... Hogan was not a good wrestler. Right. He had charisma and he was just big and strong. Cena when how should I say this? Cena did what he needed to do with who he needed to do it with. At the time they were they had pretty much dropped the attitude and the ruthless aggression. They were becoming P G fourteen. And so And then just P G. Yeah, and of course, he had the Make a Wish stuff. So he was—they were catering him to the younger kids. I liked him just for what he was. In fact, that he was the guy that went out every night and put, whether you like it or not, he put asses in the seats. Yeah, a lot of them were younger, but he still did it. And when you put him in with a strong worker, he had good matches. For my money, I still say that the the match with him and CM Punk was a phenomenal match.
1: He had three really phenomenal uh, matches with them. The yeah. one at Money in the Bank, the SummerSlam rematch got kinda messed up a little bit with the crappy finish, but that's not their fault. And then the match, like a year or so later, um, on a just a random raw to decide who would face The Rock at WrestleMania was yeah. fantastic yes. But yeah I mean my opinions definitely changed on Cena I think he had good he sh- matches
0: with the Miz too I mean I never liked the Miz but the Miz was a great worker
1: yeah and still is yeah Cena's thing was he had the Hulk Hogan theory of well
0: yeah my be- audience
1: is kids they want to see me uh, do, you know big boot leg drop. Yeah, do the pose like yeah. had, like
0: you said earlier the the five moves of Doom. You know he would get beat up, get beat up, and then all of a sudden he'd pop up five knuckle shuffle. You know, attitude adjustment or fu or whatever you want to call right. it, depending on which era you're watching, and then he'd win. And it was again, uh, I'll bring up something that we've brought up already a couple times. It was Nickelback.
1: Yeah, he was Nickelback. They
0: forced him down your throats to the point where people turned on him and. Then that's when we started to see uh, CM Punk come out. And then you had the Nexus. And and then basically the, the death blow to John Cena's career was, in my opinion, the beginning of the end. And what has basically led to the WWE being an absolute ass product for the last several years. Brock Lesnar.
1: Oh no, I wouldn't. No, I don't agree with that at all. I mean, Brock's not the problem with the company. The problem with the company is scripted promos and bad writing.
0: No, they I... don't have the big star. They've tried to make them right, but none of them have stuck. But what I say that about Brock Lesnar is that for guys, they're just falling back
1: on him. Is that your point? Yeah.
0: Okay. And and they're forcing him now, and. I guess as somebody who has off and on watched wrestling for most of my life, it irritates me that they just, they bring this guy in, he squashes people and wins the title or whatever. And then he disappears. He's not on regular TV. He shows up for, you know, like every other pay-per-view squashes somebody. And then he disappears for a few months. And what he held the title for like three years. I think he defended it like five or six times. If that,
1: yeah, I mean th- that—that's not as and big making a thing.
0: making more money than, than anybody else, including John Cena. Right, at least in WWE, Cena, you know, made All right, movies and such, millions right. doing other stuff. But that just really irritated me that they just kept feeding everybody this Brock Lesnar is a monster thing, and they had opportunities to build up other people, i.e., Roman Reigns, and they just they dropped the ball with him time after time. And because they kept trying, he now has become John Cena. Right, and that they've tried to force feed him, and now people have turned on him. They don't like him.
1: Yeah, and he uh, when he disappeared for that like eight months because he in real life he had caught leuke- leukemia again. Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman yeah. Reigns. Yeah, and when he left, and when he came back, I mean. Wrestling fans aren't heartless, even the
0: no. cynical ones. Like yeah, he had was, a lot of
1: goodwill coming back. It was a
0: huge pop for him, and that was their golden opportunity to finally make him the the show, to make him the you know, the flagship, and they they fucked that up. Right. You know? And and now they've already got basically a bad product, and then AEW comes out of the gate strong, they got Chris Jericho, then they get Dean Ambrose. And then this whole COVID thing hits, and I tried to watch a couple of the things with the no fans, and I'm—it's just not there. Fans are the ones that decide who is who's hot, who's not. Fans are the ones that make the the number one guys. They're they're supposed to. I mean, that doesn't so much happen in WWE anymore. Uh, well, yeah, that goes mean, back to the old man in charge. To, but. to the to a certain degree they will eventually most times right follow suit with what the audience is telling them yeah not always as we've seen but for the most part eventually they will go ahead and and do what the fans want and without any fans these last several months on both shows really you're being force fed and it's just it's bad for one, you see the just how bad some of these guys are. Yeah, you know because it's just you can hear a pin drop, and they tried piping in sound, and it didn't sound right. You know it, it was bad. I know some people liked what they did on the pay per views with the cinematic stuff. I hated it. Um, the one match where I
1: kind of kind of dug was the Taker AJ match. I kind of liked it. I mean, yeah. there were certain things. I like, liked some things Why about would the it? Druids attack taker, like, yeah. plot hole-wise, that didn't right. make sense. But and
0: then the whole Cena-Bray Wyatt thing. Which, that was... I hated that. Yeah. That was fucking... I get, weird. What? I get what they did, but you have basically... You've kind of shit on what you've done for the entire existence of your company, and you made a little short film. Like, that's yeah. not pro wrestling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we were promised a match, and we didn't get a match. We got, like, this weird acid trip.
0: Yeah, uh, and it was it, it was just out there. Even the the Edge, uh, which I was really glad to see Edge come back, and it, it sucked because he, he makes this huge comeback at the Royal Rumble, which everybody, if you got on the internet, you knew was eventually coming, but it still was a surprise that he came when he did, and he was in phenomenal shape, and it looked like he was going to have a big run, and then COVID hits. And then on top of that, now he tears his, uh, his bicep or tricep, something,
1: something. like that. Yeah. yeah,
0: but the match that he had with with Randy Orton, in front of a, the first one. Okay, his his
1: return match. Oh, you mean the dullest match in Mania history? That one?
0: Yeah, because <laughs> they went all over the arena, and it was that cinematic thing, and it just without a crowd to you know to play to, it just like you said, I thought it was boring. Yeah, I think all of the stuff that I see on there is boring. And maybe because inside my head I'm waiting to see what the crowd's gonna like, and it's just yeah. like, it's weird watching it. I'll
1: tell you something I did like. I still haven't finished it, but apparently their rematch, which they build as the greatest wrestling match ever, which, which pissed is, off
0: not only Edge but Randy Orton because now like they literally build it as that, and how do you live up to that? Yeah, you don't. I mean, exactly. And I heard it was great, but yeah, even again, even with the injury and everything, but. You can't tell me that, you know, you're going to film, and that's basically what they did, is that, you know, they could go in and, it was like a movie, they could go in and do takes if it didn't Which come Which they out did. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they still didn't make the greatest match of all time, and you could do everything over. Yeah. So, uh, basically, this was just a 30-minute rant on what's wrong with pro wrestling. Yeah.
1: It's not all bad, though. I mean, there's some things I want to give credit to, um, like... I say give credit to. I'm talking about two matches specifically. Um, Did you hear anything about the Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher matches that they had on NXT?
0: I had seen uh, some snippets about it, but I don't really know anything
1: about it. Holy shit. Like, those are matches that would actually... I didn't even... You kind of forget the fact that there isn't a crowd because the first match is just... It's in a wrestling ring, but it looks like if two MMA fighters were to have a pro wrestling match. Like, mm. if you're an MMA fan, which I know you are, a lot of the stuff they do looks familiar. Like, oh, he does a takedown. Oh, he's in the guard. He's trying to split his guard. Oh, he's got a Kimura. Oh, he's rolling out of it. It looks much more realistic. And to me, that's, in my personal opinion, what I'd like to see pro wrestling look like in 2020. But because...
0: I'm betting that you're in the minority.
1: I don't know about that because... <sighs> I
0: kids are what what sell things they want to see the big moves and i just i don't i don't think that's what the average wrestling fan wants
1: i know but you could get the lapsed fan because i think that's a big part of the reason why there are lapsed fans is because uh, yeah. see of... i
0: disagree because i know that it's fake so i don't don't try and bullshit me like Give me, give me the story. Give me the show. Okay. You know, if I want to see fights, I'll watch fights. Right. You know, I, uh, you know, if I turn on wrestling, I know what I'm watching.
1: Right, but th- I think so. There- I want
0: to see the, the Fortnite. cool moves, the high flying, the you know, I don't necessarily want to see punch kick punch kick. Right. But I want to see the you know the suplexes and the, the four twenties, frog splash things like that. Right. I know that it's fake, or scripted. Um, Yeah, if I want to watch an MMA fight, I'll watch one where I know that they're really trying to beat the shit out of each other. Okay.
1: You know what Um, I mean? Yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of get that. I mean, that doesn't mean you can't put some of that stuff in there. Like, they did a rematch like a couple weeks after that, which was, I think they called it a fight pit. But basically, it was a steel cage match without any ropes and then a platform surrounding it. It kind Mm -hmm. of looked like the old Lion's Den a little bit. Um, but like they went to the top like Matt Riddle jumped off of it like you could do some more you know traditional pro wrestling high spots if you want but i kind of like some of that mma incorporated stuff Yeah i mean again personally. i don't
0: mind seeing some of it and, right. and Brock Lesnar did incorporate some of that into his matches especially like i think him and Goldberg did some stuff and um and again absolutely loved when they had Goldberg come in and squash Brock that was just phenomenal yeah. and i know it was basically vince doing a favor to goldberg to for goldberg's kid i'm sure that there was uh, if i had to guess i would say that brock lesnar got paid a lot of money to get yeah. squashed like that yeah it didn't make sense for the simple fact that brock lesnar had been squashing all these you know young stars and then this old guy comes in and just absolutely crushes him I thought it was funny, though, just because I was so sick of seeing Brock Lesnar.
1: Yeah. That was one of those things where I remember when it happened, the Survivor Series match, I was furious because I'm like, he beat the streak. This is ridiculous. But, again, you have to wait for the entire story to play out. Which I
0: still, I don't care what the story was, I strongly disagree that Brock Lesnar should have ended the streak.
1: I agree with that, too. But I just mean the Goldberg-Lesnar storyline Yeah, uh, actually ended up pretty good, being pretty good. They explained it that Brock thought that this was going to be the easiest payday of his entire career. So he took him lightly. Oh crap! I just got speared. That broke my rib. Oh crap! I'm yeah. I just lost the match. But that whole sort of three match arc between that match, the Rumble, and then the WrestleMania, I th- actually thought was really, really good. So
0: right. So like I said, basically that was just our rant on.
1: Oh my what... god! We didn't even touch touch on Orange Cassidy. Good god.
0: No, that's probably a good thing. All right. Well, uh, that went. A lot longer than we expected it to go. I apologize for that. Got kind of long-winded. So what we're actually going to do is we're going to wrap up this episode and just put this up there as kind of a standalone uh, talk about pro wrestling. And if you want to hear it, knock yourself out. But uh, we're going to wrap this up and basically we're going to turn around and drop another episode where we're going to talk about movies, going to talk a little bit about video games, some movie news, uh, things of that nature. So catch us next time on Hang With D's, Dylan. See ya!